Ladies and gentlemen, this is the World Series of Politics, where Brendan Bussman and Brant Iden race through the turn on key legislative and regulatory developments around the gaming world. As these two come up to the green flag, let's get into this race for expansion and opportunity for the industry to grow until we hit the checkered flag on another episode of the World Series of Politics. Welcome back to another World Series of Politics. I'm Brendan Bussman. I'm joined by my good friend, colleague, superhero, and all-around great Cape Crusader, uh, Brant Iden. Brant, how are you doing today? Man, I'm just doing great, Brendan. It is always great to be back on the show. And as we prepped on the last show, we have got just a tremendous guest. So we are joined by a, a dear friend of mine, a legend in the industry. And as we always have on this show, just the, the top the top end of the gaming class, right? Just, just the creme de la creme. We've got Howard Glazier on uh, Global Government Affairs for Light and Wonder and a dear friend of mine. Howard, how are you? Doing great. It's a pleasure to be here on the World Cup uh, of Gaming. I think really that should be the honorary title uh, for today. Absolutely. It's perfect. I love it. So today we're talking about 2023. Obviously, uh, this is going to be our year-end show. So for the listeners out there, this is the last one for the year. And we're going to handicap for you on this show what we see coming into 2023. And obviously, a big discussion is iGaming. And uh, there's no uh, better person out there to talk about what's going on in the world of iGaming, in my opinion, than Howard. Howard, you've been on the forefront of this. Uh, talk us uh, talk us through a little bit about what's happened here at Q4, coming into the end of the year for 2022, and what you think we could expect in 2023 uh, to kick things off. Great, great. Well, look, I'll start with this. Uh, iGaming is the most successful product in the history of gambling in the United States, uh, and it's really in its infancy. Uh, we see tremendous growth in that sector. We expect further growth. And, you know, if there's any question about that, the, the model that we already have in, in just a handful of states has proved itself. So we just got the November numbers in for a number of states. In your home state, uh, Brant, the numbers were uh, a record-breaking month yet again. So $145 million in gross gaming revenue. Let me give you an example of how that compares to sports betting. Uh, just on terms of the revenue for the state, because that's one of the things, obviously, as a former state legislator, you know, you're always interested in. Sports produced $2.5 million in taxes in November uh, of this year, and it was flat from the prior year. iGaming was $37 million. $2.5 million sports betting, $37 million for iGaming. So, you know, sports betting has gotten a lot of the energy in the discussion in state legislators, legislatures over the last few years, but it is iGaming that is the revenue driver. We just saw the same thing in Pennsylvania, got the November numbers. The sports betting gross gaming revenue decreased, decreased, went from $63 million to about $53 million in revenue. That's even considering the beginning of the World Cup that existed that uh, began uh, last month. iGaming, 40% increase uh, and uh, $125 million in gross gaming revenue. So you see those numbers. And even we also got the first report from Connecticut. Connecticut, smaller state, began iGaming just with tribal gaming. Uh, and uh, the first year over year numbers, which is, you know, just barely, uh, you know, their first month 
uh, $22 million in gross gaming revenue and uh, $4 million in taxes. And that's a, was a 57% increase from their first month a year ago. And again, the comparison to sports, sports produced about $1.8 million in tax revenue. So, you know, this is the same story we see across the board. Consumers and players love to play online. It produces significant tax revenue for states that far exceed sports betting. Uh, you know, the only hurdle right now is the industry itself persuading state legislatures that opening up the digital channel is what makes sense. And that leads us into the into the 2023 discussion. We certainly have the proof points and the evidence. Now we have to communicate that and deal with some of the outstanding questions or concerns that legislatures have. And that's that's kind of where we begin the year. It's a, it's a great place. I mean, this is an argument that. Uh, you know, I, I love to walk into a, a state legislature and say, "It's ta- you know, come tax us, regulate us, push the black market out, uh, and uh, and protect consumers." W- w- you know, it's a terrific uh, argument uh, to be able to make, and it all happens to be accurate. So you would really say this is about education then at the end of the day. I mean, this is about educating those lawmakers to make sure they understand. I mean, because you got to admit, this may be a little bit more complex than sports betting potentially, right? Sure. Sure. You know, look, it's um, I think there's a, a, a genuine reaction that once you put gaming on your phone 24 hours a day, seven days a week and make it available to every adult, you have to answer the questions. How are you going to deal with gaming addiction? Right. That's right. a real issue. What do you do about uh, the specter, and I'll just call it that, of the impact on land-based gaming? We hear that question all the time. And, you know, m- my answer to that question, I, we, we, we've shown all the numbers. I go into legislators' offices, governor's offices. Here's the impact on land-based gaming. The data shows everything. Their eyes glaze over. We finally came up with what I call the DoorDash or Uber Eats argument, which goes as follows. I have a favorite Italian restaurant about a mile away from here. It's called uh, uh, Pepino's. And I go to Pepino's once a month like clockwork. I love everything about it. During the pandemic, they introduced uh, online ordering, DoorDash, for the first time. So here's what happened. I was going 12 times a year, once a month. I'm actually going about 10 times a year but I'm ordering once a month online. So I'm ordering another 12 meals. So I'm, I'm doing 22 meals instead of the 12 meals that I was doing. And the owner of Pepino's, Joe says, this is what his business has been overall because he's brought in new customers from the online and put more people in seats as a result and uh, people who were only ordering online. on the- So, you know, and I think when we talk in those terms, people understand that, oh, that's how that works. You might shift a little bit um, on the land-based gaming because people are going to try online a little bit, but it will exponentially increase on the online and the whole pie grows. And that's what every piece of data bears out. So so basically what you're saying, Howard, is if you got a well-oiled machine, everybody's going to make more money off of this in the end. The state makes more because of the tax revenue. Operators, like the restaurant you just gave, which now I'm hungry, um, you know, not only is making money that they had coming in anyway, but they're going to make more because you're going to go there more often. Simple. Whole new market, new customers, you get people in the seats. And we see that, you know, we see that at Light and Wonder with uh, our online customers. We see uh, that the casino customers begin to play online. The online customers begin to play at the casinos and the whole pie grows. 
So we have an answer for that question. What's the impact on land-based? It's really much just more of an educational process. Have to explain that, have to address responsible gaming, and then the rest of it speaks for itself. We've not done a great job in speaking in one voice with a clear, consistent message uh, in the industry. And kudos to the two of you for kind of getting people to talk about this in the industry, because I think it helps with this global conversation in the U.S. about how we make this approach. And I see encouraging signs, actually, toward the industry getting on the same page. I think we'll have a focused lobby effort and discussion effort. I know you want to talk about 23. We've talked about these states before, but we'll see that uh, in New York, in Iowa, in Illinois. You'll see the industry working together, I think, this coming year in a way they haven't before. And do you think, so So let's go down that road for just a minute. Do you think there's going to be some success there in those states? I mean, as you mentioned, we sort of stalled out. I mean, I remember we had this conversation in Michigan. We did iGaming and sports betting together. It was a huge lift. We were able to get it done. And we've been kind of stalled out. I mean, do you think that this is the year to be able to get it done in a state like New York or Indiana or something like that? I think if you do the things that you need to do, success will come. Where will it come first? You know, what will come second? That's very dependent on local political, uh, you know, eccentricities sometimes, as you know better than anybody else, Brant. But I think um, uh, the important thing is, is, you know, it's like in sports, you have to have the discipline, you have to work on your swing, you got to work every day on the little things that, uh, you know, bring your game forward, since we're in the gaming context here. Um, and it's the same thing, I think, on, uh, on doing a, a public campaign, which is if you have the exercise to f- have a plan, execute on the plan with your fellow uh, colleagues in the industry and the companies, and they're all talking the same talk and not firing past each other, like we just saw in California, the results will occur. And I'm less concerned about which state they occur in first than we get this momentum going of messaging from the industry and data and working, you know, sort of hand to hand um, uh, and in the trenches with legislators. And the results will come from that. And I think we'll, we'll do have a good year. Hard to say which state will go first. Clearly, there's interest in New York. Clearly, there's interest in Indiana. I think Iowa has some challenges, but we're excited about those other states. Senator Joseph Adabo in New York has been a strong uh, proponent. Uh, uh, but, you know, in all these states, we also face the fact that they do not have a current year budget deficit. And at the end of the day, we can make all the arguments we want about why it's good to turn on the digital channel with the only entertainment form that doesn't have a digital channel that can be turned on without state approval. We can make all those arguments. They don't reach for the, uh, the product on the shelf to approve unless they need the money. And the truth is that these states are still wallowing in pandemic cash for the most part. That's a great point. That's a great point. Well, Howard, it's always great having you on. Thank you for joining us. Brennan, for the last question before Howard has to jump, what do you have for it? Well, you know, the the thing I was going to say is, Howard, do we need to get you a separate Twitter account just for your travels so we know where we can put our wager on which state's going to go first? (laughs) Okay, he's here, he's there. But... You know, I'll be in all those states, so it won't work that way. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I appreciate you joining us today. Uh, I look forward to continuing this conversation. We'd love to have you back somewhere in the middle of the legislative session to give an update and see where things stand. So hopefully, hopefully uh, you're up for that at some point. Thanks for the great work you guys do. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thanks, Howard. 
Man, always great having Howard Glazer on the show from Light and Wonder. Uh, just uh, uh, such such great knowledge there as we talk about iGaming and as we talk about 2023. Obviously, we want to handicap some of the states out there, Brendan. What do you what do you see now? We've talked a little bit about iGaming, so we've talked about the iGaming states. Obviously, sports betting is going to be top of the uh, discussion as well in a lot of these state legislatures only because this is an election year. And we know that uh, gaming issues typically bubble up uh, when there is an election, uh, you know, sort of in the forefront. So what are you thinking out there? Well, I, I think there's a host of things. And obviously, you know, we've you've brought up I, you've brought up sports. You can't forget two other important things that will be out there as well as you've got at least two states that are going to look at brick and mortar, Texas and Georgia. And then you've got a host of states out there that are trying to figure out, you know, when we had Bill Miller on a couple of weeks ago, talking about that illegal market, talking about those illegal, quote, skill-based machines out there that something needs to be done with. So there's got a, there's a host of gaming issues out there. But, you know, let's go back to sports because I think that's very important as a starting point in our conversation as we close out 22 and head into 23 is, you know, one of the states I think that, that obviously the debate's going to be front and center is Minnesota. It's one of those that it didn't, you know, necessarily end the way we thought it was going to, but it was sort of hot and heavy up until the end, ran out of time. You know, I think that you look at some other states out there that haven't taken a plunge, Georgia being one, Texas, as I mentioned, being another. Obviously, in both of those states, you've also got brick-and-mortar conversations going on, and those states arguably, too, have to take it to the ballot. So you've got some other dynamics in there. But, you know, where do you see opportunity also on the sports side based off of those three debates for sure? And I know you're going to go to North Carolina, and we can debate North Carolina, but I just got to say – I'm two and zero. Oh. That's right. No, you beat me. You beat me. Too. Yes, I, I, you absolutely have me there. There's no doubt about. It. I still got if you, in Maryland. Have, if only I would have wagered. Don't make me remind you about Maryland, but okay. So, <laughs> so fair enough. You're right. I'm with you in Minnesota. I think that we're going to see something that you know that the tribes want to put forth. Obviously, we know that the tribes have got a great relationship with the DFL party there. Uh, and and that's going to make for something that is is going to probably resemble what they put forth uh, in the House last year, maybe with some changes uh, forthcoming. But it's probably going to be something similar. Uh, Georgia, I'm not so sure that it has to go to the ballot. I think that if this goes through the lottery, I think there's an opportunity that this can get done uh, through the legislative process. And obviously, though, uh, to your point, though, Brendan, if brick and mortar become included in that, then I do think we get a situation where it has to go to referendum. And this could get pushed out uh, for, you know, some time, likely into 2024 or beyond once this goes, to the, once, if it has to go to the ballot, I should say. Um, but again, just sports, uh, I think that that could be done via the legislature in, co- in cooperation with the lottery. Do I like North Carolina? Yes. I've liked North Carolina for two years. I'm back on North Carolina. We were one vote short uh, last year in the House. Uh, I think this is the year. I'm, I'm bullish on North Carolina. I think that um, the stakeholders come back more renewed than ever. Uh, we, like I say, one vote short. I think that this is not something that's insurmountable. A lot of new members in North Carolina. We have a lot of support down there. And, and I think we're going to see a mobile product finally roll out in North Carolina. Uh, to your point, though, all eyes are on Texas. Texas is obviously the biggest prize of the year. Uh, that we know will have to go to referendum. And the question becomes, what do you think about, I mean, based upon what happened in California, and I know there's a lot of different dynamics in Texas, but, you know, let's say this gets through the legislative process. You know, what do you think happens then? 
Brendan. And um, the brick and mortar versus, you know, the mobile aside, what do you think happens? Well, and, and I think there's a couple things as it relates to Texas, but I, I just want to go back real quick to North Carolina because. Oh, yeah, you couldn't help yourself, could you? No, no, no. It, you, the optimism <laughs> you exude there is like Nebraska football fans in the offseason. We win the national championship every year during the offseason and hope always springs eternal. And then we've gone through the last 19 years in the desert. Oh, Back come on. I've been, now, I've been a Cubbies fan for you. Eventually, we won the World Series. You know, I mean, you know, so you know, even a broken clock is right to day, right? Point, but, you know, you you and I can do that next time we're in Chicago and we'll, we'll uh, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll go through all that. Focus on Texas. But, you know, and, and we're going to have some Georgia debates this upcoming year, too. But, you know, I think that becomes the quandary because what is actually taken to the ballot? And that becomes the question because if in Texas sports is there, I think sports has shown time and time again that, you know, plurality is there. Same thing with casinos. But the biggest obstacle I see to get it even to the ballot is all roads lead through the Senate. And you've got to figure out how to get through there and get through that caucus to make that happen in a very meaningful way. When it does go to the ballot, you know, this is one of those, you can't make some of the mistakes we've made in the past. And knowing that, yes, this phrase, everything's bigger in Texas, this will be the case when it comes to a ballot initiative when we get there. And the question is, who's leading that effort? If it's just sports, um, I think, and I hope to God we've learned our lesson in California, you know, you will have an election year or a presidential election year so I think that helps for the ballot in 24. You know, I think we've also looked at some of these other states in the past and said, oh, 2020 was easy when it came to the ballot. Different dynamics along the way and different parameters and in heading into 24 regardless. But you got to have people willing to take that charge on that and lead it the right way and not have the mistakes you made in California. If both are on the ballot, you're going to have some tussle over what that looks like, and all the stakeholders are going to have to come together to make that happen. And that includes those on the sports betting side as well as on the land-based side, which is chiefly led by Las Vegas Sands. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. And then there's a few other states out there that I think have got some opportunities. We don't talk about them as much. I mean, uh, obviously, Vermont has got this study that they've kicked out. Uh, they're, they're looking to put something forward uh, for, for uh, the, the state of Vermont, obviously, uh, up in the Northeast, one of the last states up there that doesn't have any uh, mobile sports betting or sports betting at this particular point in time. Obviously, there's been a lot of talk about Missouri. I think Kentucky may be in play. Uh, I, I would certainly put those states towards the bottom of the list uh, in terms of and not necessarily priority necessarily, but just in terms of passage likelihood. I think that it's going to be a little bit tougher. Uh, we obviously know that we're up against some headwinds in Missouri. The conversation has been ongoing there for a number of years now. We talk about these VLT machines, gray market machines. There's certainly that conversation is uh, going to be at the forefront. Missouri thoughts there. Uh, I won't bring up Hoskins and family and VGTs at all when I bring up Missouri, but that's okay. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go down the path just in order along the way here to, to talk about that is the issue. It's always been the quandary for the last, you know, four years of how this all gets deba debated and decided. Um, and Missouri, I think, I mean, I, I, I may go out on a limb here and we're going to go over on, on Busman's betting is uh, I'll take my Missouri win over your North Carolina win if you want to put a wager out there today. 
uh, of what gets done this year. Obviously, it's a push if neither of us win, but I think sports betting Missouri can get across the line uh, along the way this year. All right, so the let me just clarify the wager. The wager is Missouri gets done before North Carolina this year. That is, is that the wager you want to throw out there? That's the wager I'm throwing out there. Well, man, how about another bottle of Pinot on that? I'm good. I'm good there. Okay. I, I just, okay. I, I, all right. All right. You're I, on. You're on, yeah. folks. You've heard it. You've heard it here once again. Let's hey, see. Let's go. <laughs> all right. You're on. You're on. I like it. I like it. Uh, yeah, and you know, just speaking of, I threw out Kentucky, you know, let me just say that there's, there's the dynamic there is, is a little bit different, but certainly nothing gets done in Kentucky without support of the horse racing industry. We obviously know that's the, that's the number one focus. Uh, uh, Senator Thayer has been very forward about that, been a champion, uh, on sports betting, but, uh, it has to be something that works in partnership with obviously Keeneland and Churchill and the other tracks in the state. Uh, they're going to lead the discussions there. And if something can happen there, it's going to be, uh, in conjunction with all the stakeholders working together. So, um, you know, it's going to be an exciting year. Uh, as I, as I started off, I really believe that, because it's not an election year, we're going to get something done. At, at the end of the day, Brent, how many states do you think we get over the, the finish line this year from an industry perspective, whether it be sports, whether it be brick and mortar, whether it be a ballot initiative, uh, iGaming, you name it. How many would you, would you say? You know, I'm and I got to couch this a little bit because I think there's a state or two that, you know, like Georgia, I think we may get it to the ballot, but obviously it's got to take that second step. Uh, over everything. So I'm going to say, you know, and I'm not going to name which ones. iGaming, we get at least one more state along the way, potentially two. Uh, sports, we're going to get another two to three. And we will take to the ballot in at least one state casino gaming. I like it. I like it. That's it. That, that's you? a Come on, Don't let me hang in here. Uh, my well, my number is if I had to set the line, I'm going to put it at I'm going to put it at five, and I'm just going to say five states get something done in terms of either sports betting, retail, iGaming. I'm going to throw it all in one pot and say we hit we hit the magic number of five this year, and I certainly hope we get over that. And it would be great to see Texas be be part of that part of those five, in my opinion. So I do the three team parlay, and you do the over under. Got it. Okay, I see how this works. I see how this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well. well I know- I, I know we've gone a little bit long on this show because we had a great special guest on, but there's a couple, and this is the World Series of Politics, and so I know there were a couple other items you wanted to touch on, Brendan, before we got started. Well, what do you want to tease out for the next show, or what do you want to hit us with? Well, we're, we're going to tease this out for the next show because obviously we just got done with Macau concessions. We talked about that on the last show. We're going to talk about the 10-year renewal uh, and everybody's packages at this point, what they're going forward with. Um, but then we... Uh, we left the year with Bolsonaro saying adios uh, to sports betting as he went out the door and dropped the mic uh, on the way out. So uh, lots to talk about in 23 from a world perspective, and uh, we have a lot more guests coming in 23 as well. So stay tuned for the upcoming year, folks. Well, it is going to be exciting. Let me say this. This was our inaugural year of the World Series of Politics, uh, and and it's just been great, uh, a great time hosting this show with you. I've really enjoyed it. And so, you know, uh, huge happy holidays to you and your family. Everybody out there, the same goes. And we look forward to uh, catching up with you the first part of January. Absolutely. Happy New Year and happy holidays to everybody, and we'll see you next year. You've been listening to the World Series of Politics podcast with Brendan Bussman and Brent Eiden. 
We'll be back at the starting line very soon. This has been an IGB production. For the latest news, views, analysis, and data on the global gaming industry, head to iGamingBusiness.com.